0: Why don't we begin? To please, we hope you enjoy the down. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is your new favorite podcast. We're a podcast about craft beer and film. We're based out of Chico, California. We're a three-part show. And we cover two beers and one movie every single week. Please subscribe to us and rate us if you decide you like us. If you don't, please don't rate us. Like I said, we're a three-part show. We cover two beers, one movie. Not in that order. Our first segment, we cover our first beer, something new, something exciting in the craft beer world. We'll get to that in just a second, whatever you just heard. We talk about ourselves a little bit because Johnny Summers and myself, that's who we are, only get to see each other about once a week, and we want to make sure to catch up with each other. Then we take a short break. And we come back and we talk about a movie, Uh, usually a pretty recent movie. This movie that we're covering this week actually came out several months ago, uh, 2018, April. Uh, It's called The Rider. We're going to get to that a little bit later. We take another. Oh, sorry. We also don't spoil anything from that movie because usually these are new movies and maybe you haven't seen them. Maybe you're waiting to hear what we think about those movies. Then you're going to go see it. So we don't spoil
1: anything. I think most people should wait until we offer an opinion before they see any
0: movie. Yeah. Why would you go see them? We are your new uh, it's God's of consciousness. Yeah. God's if you will. Yeah. We take another break. We come back with a third segment. We've called it the danger zone because it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. Johnny and myself sometimes tend to swear a little bit more. Uh, namely, we spoil the movie. Yes. But before we do that, we cover our second and final beer. It's another beer that is new and exciting and fun and dangerous. And, yeah. Um, just want to say right off the top, if you like this show or you want to reach out to us ever, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at fresh hop cinema
1: okay that's the infomercial
0: that's the infomercial Housekeeping now ish
1: gets real done ish
0: is getting real <laughs> yeah johnny you brought this beer please 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 tell me and our lovely listeners who if they've listened before thank you for coming back if you're new welcome that's the last bit of housekeeping i promise tell us what this beer is please
1: all right so this beer is called pseudo sue super rad ipa from iowa yeah, yeah, from a brewery called Toppling Goliath, and this beer never saw the light of day in California unless you uh, purchased it by mail from another willing accomplice over state lines. Gotcha. Also known as beer trading. Yeesh, to you unfelonious guys out there. Yeah, so I'm doing the NPR voice. Now, Love it. No, uh, it's great, man. No, yeah, this beer is awesome. I had actually gotten to try it a few times in the past before it was available just for distribution in this lovely state. This beer has got an awesome T-Rex on it, which, I mean, can you really go wrong with a purple and green T-Rex on a chrome can? I don't think you can.
0: It's like when Barney wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. That's what I'm picturing this beer will taste like. Mm -hmm.
1: And fun fact, too, this was actually a... I wouldn't say collab, but some of the proceeds of this beer go to a natural history museum.
0: Oh, that's cool. So
1: kind of a cool thing. Like they're helping support dinosaurs literally by keeping them vertical. Yeah. I I was wondering what the connection was to the can art. Yeah. I think it says something on here. I can't remember.
0: If it does, um, it might be the same thing that I wrote down in our notes, but uh, if it's different, I'll let you read it after. But my notes do say, and I got this from their website, it's a single hop pale ale that showcases the citra hop for a well-balanced beer that's delicate in body with a mild bitterness in the finish. She roars with ferocious aromas of grapefruit, citrus, mango, and evergreen. (whistles) That's not a (laughs) T-Rex. Sudosu's unique taste is clean and bright with just enough bite, which is the most amazing cadence I've ever heard in a beer. Sudosu's unique taste is clean and bright with just enough bite. 6.8%, 45 IBUs. Uh, I really would love to get your opinion, Johnny, on this beer. If you take a first sip, let me know uh, what the bitterness is like, what the flavors are, how it smells, what it looks like. Any of that information would be lovely to people that can't see it or taste it in this moment.
1: Yeah, so this beer is almost transparent. It's definitely cloudy, but it's not hazy. It's, it's a nice golden straw color, and it smells... Super fresh. You get a ton of hops on the nose, and you immediately know what you're in for. I mean, this is one of my introductions to a higher-end, like, sought-after single-hop IPA that wasn't hazy. I mean, we had a bunch, like Pliny in California being a double. This one was the first one I had that was traded for that I was like, oh, my God, okay, I get it. Like, this beer's tremendous. Uh, you know, you get a ton of ton of hops on the nose. It just drinks so clean and crisp and bright and just delicious. I mean, it doesn't finish crazy bitter. You're left with a, a nice hop note, and it dries out on your tongue, and it's just so refreshing. Like, in, this beer's, like, perfect temperature right now, maybe even a touch cold, but I like this beer on the colder side. So overall, this beer is delicious. It drinks nice and smooth. It really is, man. You said it's almost transparent. We should
0: say by, by beer standards, not by, you know, normal standards. It's not like it's a clear liquid, but, um, (laughs) well, I would, I said that because this beer does not lie to me. How do you mean it's oh, sorry. Yes, of course. I get it. <laughs> Funny joke. Uh, it's still early. <laughs> the jokes, people. Um, no, this is a very solid West Coast, man. Yeah. Uh, especially not coming from the West Coast. Not that they have to, but yeah. I feel like we should point it out. I feel like a lot of the West Coast IPAs we do on the show come from the West Coast. So I want to give props where props are due because this is super aromatic, super flavorful. You definitely get the citrus up front. It's a clean finish. There's a nice hot bite, but it's not too much. It doesn't It doesn't wreck my palate. Like I feel like I could still taste other things if I needed to, which is a big selling point for me yeah. on hoppy beers. Like if you can give me one that has a huge full body taste and hops right up front and at the end, but lets me recover, Mm -hmm. I love it.
1: Yeah. You can tell that this wouldn't wreck your palate if you were pairing it with like a meal. Totally. Because I love to do like single IPAs with like tacos or a burrito or something nice and or a nice sandwich, sometimes a burger, something just normal, traditional like barbecue foods or dinner foods. And this one would be amazing with some like some fish tacos or something like that. Yeah, the spirit's killer. It really is,
0: man. I mean, it's super bubbly and super present. You could, uh, but back to kind of what it looks like. You might even mistake this for a lager. I mean, it's just a clean, clear-ish, not hazy-looking. It's it's very well done, man. I, I like this beer a lot. This is maybe one of my favorite beers we've done in recent memory.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm glad I got it because if you've never had it, it's one that you like you can't miss. And just seeing it on shelves in Chico is tremendous. I, I yeah. love seeing that. So
0: where can we find this in Chico?
1: Yeah, I actually went and visited some homies that work over SNS Produce, nice. and uh, their singles doors are killing the game, bro. They're they got little hidden gem over there, and this yeah. beer was like under four bucks.
0: That's really yeah. Oh, I'm gonna
1: go get a few. That's yeah. great, dude. It's so good.
0: Um, so I I, I always forget about like the. The uh, like health food stores, like the co-op and SNS, they have some killer beers sometimes that you might not see. Yeah. and I haven't been to uh, some of our other bottle shops recently, but they might have them. I mean, a lot of the Chico beer spots are good about that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. but every now and again, you won't find it anywhere. Yeah.
1: Somebody will get something that other mm-hmm. places didn't get. But I don't know. I just popped in there uh, because I think a friend of the show came to one of our Patreon events awesome. and had one of these. I can't remember who it was. I'd give you a shout out. Fair, ninety nine percent sure it was John Wallum. Okay, so, that seems like a fair guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I got an SNS. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. that's baller. And I remember seeing my buddy get it in there, and yeah, it's it's one of those beers that it is ridiculous to pass up if you see it on a shelf. Yeah, and it's got the date on the bottom of the can, which is nice. It's yeah. got a best buy date, and this one's good through November. No, November twenty fourth. So these are fairly fresh, and these beers actually come in a cardboard four pack. So if you find them sold in the four pack, they'll have a, a canned on date or a Best Buy date, which is imperative to a beer like this. You want to drink it as fresh as possible.
0: Do you know, so in my brain, the shelf life for an IPA is
1: six months. That's a really good rule of thumb.
0: And I'm wondering if the Best Buy date, in a, in a brewery who I assume is pretty pretty big on quality control, uh, if, if, if the Best Buy means maybe it was canned six months before that. Do you think that might be?
1: Usually the best by date, they'll be pretty firm with what date that beer was put in a can. Right. It'll be best by six months from it that date. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Or, I mean, if some some's 90 days, a lot of beer, you have a 90-day turnaround. Yeah. So half that. Sure. You know, a Okay. Th- three-month turnaround.
0: Um Which means, feasibly, it might have been canned. Um So this says November 24th, so August 24th. Uh, So several weeks, it could be fresh. Yeah, Yeah.
1: but I mean, it ranges, you know, from from ninety days to Mm. up to six months. Yeah, really, just depends on the beer and the style, and there's there's standards for all that that I don't really remember. Sure, I just sell it and drink it. I don't decide when it's expired, but yeah, I know that IPAs are best fresh, and they had a bunch of this, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say any anytime you guys are hearing this, go down and check it out.
0: Yeah, see if it's still there. So I'm having a, a conflict right now. I'm trying to think of my number. If you guys haven't listened to the show before, we rate both of our beers in our movie on a scale of what we think. Mm-hmm. There's uh, I always throw out the caveat, I'm not a professional in this field. Johnny is somewhat of a professional in the beer field, so his ratings might carry more universal appeal, but mine is just my own taste. Yeah. And I think to some extent we both just go on what we like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having a conflict because... I want to write a nine. Mm -hmm. And then I started asking myself, why isn't it a 10? Which is a thing you should ask when you're that close to 10. And I don't know if I have a reason why it shouldn't be a 10. This might be a damn close to perfect beer. This
1: is one of the beers, especially if you judge stylistically, which I do, like I'm pretty much judging this against other single hop West Coast style IPAs that I've had in the last year, roughly. Um, And this bar, this bar is set by this beer. In my opinion. It's very good. Like, I, I was going to give it a 9.8 mm. because, I mean, the only thing I would change is, I can't even, like, maybe a tiny bit more juicy, but, like, okay. I would change something such su- of such a subtle nuance that it would essentially still be exactly the same beer.
0: Yeah, totally. So I
1: don't think I can give it anything other than, like, a 9.8 or a 10. just yeah. Something ridiculously high because, like I said, the bar for this category, in my opinion— is set by beers like this, Mm -hmm. of this quality. And the example of it that we're drinking right now, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to think of a better beer.
0: So after a second, or not a second sip, but a sip uh, while you were speaking, there is, if you look for it, something of like a soapy finish to it. Do you get that at all? No, that's hops. Yeah, maybe you it know. is. Maybe it's just something that I don't love. It, it kind of reminds me of like a dish soap sort of quality.
1: It gets that because the hops get a little flory. Yeah, Floral, florally. Florally. Totally. On the finish.
0: Um, so I'm going to actually go with 9-2. 9-2. This is a very good beer. It's not perfect, but it's very good. It's
1: real damn close to perfect. It's very good
0: and very close. And yeah. Chances
1: are if you see it in a door and it's fresh, it's going to be the most perfect beer in the door.
0: Yeah, and the fact that it is so fresh... Um, and it like that doesn't doesn't go unnoticed yeah that's a good that's a good quality to have and it's so affordable yeah like come on
1: it's silly this is a beer that you could take to a bottle share or sit in your house and watch a movie totally like for the price and the quality that it is you can impress your friends or you can just sit back and enjoy it by yourself yeah and don't feel bad about it like this is one of the best beers you'll ever find in chico and you can crush it to the dome for four bucks so you what can't is your number beat that nine eight Nine eight. I'm a firm believer that this beer really does set a precedent for this style. And it's impressive because this is from the Midwest. Yeah. They're doing West Coast IPAs as good as anyone in the world.
0: Fair enough. Again, this is Pseudo Sue from Toppling Goliath. If you get a hold of it, let us know what you think. Or like you said, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fresh Shop Cinema. We love all sorts of that stuff. Johnny, what has got you either hot or bothered this week? I would really love to know.
1: I know what's got both of us bothered. Okay. is our air conditioner's being yeah, broken. I know, man. We've been so sweaty. I, you know. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's not good. There's
1: no way around that. Let's not
0: dwell on it, I no. suppose. But But, but AC is something you should never take for granted. Because oh. when you're two big beer-drinking dudes like us... When it leaves you... Just sweat. What?
1: When it leaves you, the air conditioner... Oh, when it leaves you. I when see. it leaves yes. you, you're just sad. Yeah. It's like, I miss you. Come back. Yeah. I'm sorry I said what I said about right. you. Please.
0: Start working again. Honestly. Uh, in any case, yeah. yeah. What's got you hot then?
1: Uh, a couple things. Yes. Lagunitas spear Circus. Yes. Uh, stoked on that.
0: Which we should just say, again, like maybe you have not gone yet, depending on when our people hear this, mm-hmm. or maybe you have already gone and come back. But for when we're recording this, you've not gone yet, so yeah. whatever.
1: No, it's going, I'm going this coming weekend. Perfect. But it's it's one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. It's a giant circus Sideshow, freak show, beer drinking, costume wearing, shenanigan ladled, ridden. Yeah, ridden. ladled. Sure. Yeah, ladle the shenanigans <laughs> on right like in gravy. There. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of the most immersive beer experiences ever. It's so fun. It's now,
0: just... about a year ago, or I assume it was around this time last year, we uh, you went and we posted a photo on our Twitter. Two years ago? Yeah. That la-
1: can't be right. Yeah, last year when we were going to go, but the fires in that region, um, Lagunitas, realized it would be in poor taste to have a party oh so they actually okay. skipped a year sorry right. was... well and i guess
0: i guess two years ago on our twitter we posted a photo of you at beer circus yes and you are done up you're wearing makeup
1: there was some like accoutrement the...
0: yes um so assuming you're gonna do something like that i'm very excited to see the photos that come from yep from this adventure that you go on
1: yeah we're going back to the same costume shop it's just actually here in town off of the Par- you, park you rental Ave. Yeah, the rental place. Yeah, that, There's just like a giant warehouse of so many different clothes. Yeah. I believe it's called Alter Ego. You are correct. I love that place. So I didn't know the place was a rental.
0: One time I went in and I uh, tried to purchase oh, yeah. clothes. And she said, you can't do that. I said, I'd really like to. <laughs> she said, no, no, no. No. This, this is a rental place. And I said, okay, those I'll, are for, I'll rent them. Those are for bringing back. And I never took them back. I'm just kidding. I totally did. But I <laughs> thought of it. I was like, I don't want um, Yeah. I didn't actually. I'm glad I was able to rent the pants. Cause they were wool mm. and it was summer. Yeah.
1: Anyways. Yeah. But it's a fun time. Yeah. If you ever get the chance go, uh, there's not a lot of different breweries there. There's a couple like Russian rivers usually there, mm. but it's more about the experience and dressing up and just having a fun, weird time and listening to cool music. Yeah.
0: Oh, so there's music.
1: Uh, they have one of the best outdoor music setups I've seen at like a beer thing. Live music. Yeah. Cool. No, they have live bands that play kind of all day, different like theme bands, like, Lots of like rockabilly type stuff. Um, and they've got a massive DJ set up and they have rotating DJs playing music all day. So they'll have like a half hour, 45 minutes live music and then like an hour and a half DJ set. And it just goes round and round. And they play like circus music, like really remix. Well, yeah, like like trapping. Oh, and stuff. yeah. Like circus music with like dubstep and like classical. And it's crazy. Um, But it just kind of never stops, man. It's like a whole day experience. They have real big tops that fit. What is that? uh, Like a big top tent, like the circus. Yeah. Um, Two years ago when I went, it started pouring rain three quarters of the way through the day. So all of a sudden, there was a muddy dance party with like 2,000 people crammed into a tent. Oh, that's awesome. It was so cool. It was like um, raining so hard. The walls of the tent, like the big circle... It was just like sheets of water, so it was like there was just a physical barrier That's to the outside. Awesome. It was raining so hard, and everyone was soaking wet. And they cranked the music up, and they were throwing out cans of beer. They had like it just <laughs> everybody was Sounds like dangerous, yeah, just grabbing beers and partying down and there was just 2000 dancing clowns. It was, it was a crazy time, man. That's
0: awesome. So, so we should say, or I'm going to point this out. There are actually two Lagunitas beer circuses. So if you're listening to this, not in our area, there's one in Petaluma, which is a bunch.
1: I think there's like four Mm -hmm. this year.
0: I saw Los Angeles and Petaluma.
1: Those are the ones in California. Oh, they do one in Chicago. I think they did one in New York and I think they're doing one in Seattle. Wow. That's awesome. Um, There, I know there's a bunch of, of ones that they're doing. They've been going on for like the last month. Yeah. And it's like this, it's like a circus. It's like jumping around, traveling. But But it is such an experience. I didn't think it would be my favorite beer thing I've ever done. And then I went to do it and it, blew my socks off
0: that's great um and correct me if i'm wrong tickets are about 40 bucks something
1: like that yeah yeah is that usually what they don't change too much every year it's yeah, no. about what it is mm-hmm.
0: well i think that's fantastic man i'm looking forward to hearing about all of the shenanigans yeah get i'll into. take
1: lots of pictures Please I'll, do. I'll try and go live on our instagram if i can yes. If I remember. do it yeah there there will be lots of alcohol and good times flowing so i'll try and remember to take lots of pictures
0: well i think that's amazing I'm going to just touch on one thing that's got me hot this week, and that is uh, we have hired Gianna and I a wedding planner for our wedding. Oh, snap. We've taken the first uh, tangible step towards planning our wedding. Wow. Uh, which is, right, okay, I guess I guess arguably the second tangible step <laughs> yeah. uh, to the wedding. But planning it, we've made a big, big step.
1: Believe me. Gianna's been planning this in her head for a oh, long no, no. time. I've been planning this in my head for oh, oh my, snap, really? I'm, I'm the guy that planned my engagement two years ago, oh, and goodness. have had I just
0: waited for the perfect. Doesn't matter. We haven't really talked about. I remember when, when I mentioned this in the podcast. You like, specifically we were like, "We're just going to breeze right through it." And I was like, "Yep, that's it." You're
1: like, "Yep, too personal."
0: In any case, uh, so that's exciting for me. I was actually out of the state, and Gianna had set up this meeting, um, and I wasn't able to make it because I was gone. But the company we went with is uh, very. Um, they don't have a lot of flexibility in the, in the short term for meetings. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Do the meeting. Just, if it feels good, let's do it. And it did. And
1: so did we. Nice. So that's, that's fun for me. So planner, I'm assuming your wedding's going to be fancy. It's, Just gonna, it's a yes or no. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Okay, sure. Yes. Cool. I don't know about fancy. It's gonna be involved. Okay. Well, cause I got married in the back of a bar. That's a good point. So we're by, not doing that. By in comparison, yes. you're going to have like a traditional, correct. Uh, at least somewhat traditional wedding. Yes, that's exciting. I'm excited that you're excited. Thank you for saying that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I'm super stoked to see what it holds. Yeah, it's gonna be fun.
0: So more, more, to, more to come on that. I, I like assume it. in the upcoming weeks and months of I, this podcast. I'm
1: gonna, yeah. I don't man. have any talents that I can contribute to your wedding in any way, unlike you.
0: you. Maybe at the circus, you can learn to juggle.
1: I, can, I actually can juggle fairly well.
0: Perfect. Just uh-huh. perfect that and you're hired.
1: I'll just, I'll just <laughs> tell her to, like, the, the alter ego lady, just remember my costume. Yes. And I'll just be your jester perfect. at your wedding. And I'll, I'll sit at your feet <laughs> while and you're. I'll th- just, people can throw coins or beer cans yeah, at me. Yeah, or like great. turkey legs. It'll sure. Be, it'll be great. You want to go to break? I wanted to mention one more thing real quick before we go to break. And it's got us both hot. And I want all of our listeners to remember this and hopefully go support this local business. If you listen to last week's episode, we did a film that was playing at the pageant Nice. Theater here in Chico. And spoiler alert, next week we're doing another one that is playing at the pageant yeah. theater. So they are putting on some of the movies that we see trailers for, and we're like, God, I hope it comes to Chico. I hope, yes. I hope it comes to Chico. They're the ones that are actually playing those movies. Yeah. They are a local, independently owned and operated business over on 6th Street. Here in Chico, and we see a lot of movies there, and we're covering more and more of them on the show. And I want each and every one of you to go support them sometime this month.
0: Yeah, actually, so so the pageant, like like Johnny was saying, is independent and and they screen films that are independent films mm-hmm. that don't usually have the studio backing to make it to theaters. Like uh what's what is the theater at Tinseltown? It's a is it a cinemark? Yeah. Right? It's a cinemark. Um so like can't get into those theaters. So they have these little films like last week was eighth grade. Yeah.
1: As I think you can tell if you're listening to this, that, that means a lot to me and Max to be yeah. able to see these movies in our town. Yes. Uh, and hopefully that means something to you too. Also so. tickets, I think are $5. If you go to the matinee, it's at sure. 6 dollars Okay. Uh, caveat, they are cash only. Don't ever forget that. Good point. It's very important to remember because if you don't have cash, you'll get turned away.
0: Yeah. But again, that's the pageant there at 6th and Flume. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump to a break. Yep. Hey, everybody. You know that we're a Chico-based podcast, so if you are a Chico-based person, go on down to Secret Trail Brewing and grab yourself a beer. Drink a beer as you listen to this show. They are located at 132 Myers Street, right here on the south end of town. They make delicious stuff. And they support this podcast.
1: Also, every Monday, they have an Explorer series. Johnny, what is that? So every single Monday, they crank out a beer that they've never done and they might never do again. That's right. One single keg is available during their normal business hours from 3 to 9. Every single week, it's something different, new, exciting, maybe even crazy.
0: That's right. Again, that's Secret Trail Brewing Company right here in Chico at 132 Myers Street. You can go down there or you can follow them on social media at Secret SecretTrailBrewCo.
1: Live and drink off the beaten path.
0: Rider is the second feature film by director Chloe Zhao. It tells the story of Brady. He's a young rodeo cowboy who, after suffering a debilitating head injury, learns he may never ride again. Acted largely by the people that the story is about, the writer, a cross between a documentary and a breathtaking drama, delivers a powerful portrait of cowboy culture on the Pine Ridge Reservation in the Badlands of South Dakota. Johnny, what do you think of
1: this movie, man? It's a tremendous movie. Okay, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. It's big in its scope yeah. both visually and emotionally uh, it's a big movie you know that's just what i was thinking the whole time i was watching it like everything in this movie is it's simple and it's big you know their emotions were very simple but they were very real and raw where they lived was very big but very simple and very raw and rugged and this movie was powerful in so many ways and the more you know about it the more powerful this movie becomes, whereas a lot of movies, the more you know about them and the more you find out about behind-the-scenes stuff and whatnot, movies become less interesting. But this movie is exact opposite. This movie just becomes fascinating and endearing uh, the more you know about it I and mean, the more you know about the characters in it playing themselves, which I did not know before five minutes ago. Yes. So that's fair to say. That's a real honest reaction to me hearing that those were actual people portraying themselves in a movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh well. Let me give some hard facts here, and then yes. I'll go into my initial that's
1: thoughts. But what, that's what I thought.
0: This movie first came out on April 13th of 2018. It runs an hour and 44 minutes. It's rated R, uh, mostly for language and some drug use, but uh, it deals with some really heavy stuff. Uh, some different plots. Uh, mostly about Brady's life, but it also
1: gets very meta.
0: It does very existential. Point. Yeah, um, I mean, there's themes of what it means to be a man, especially in in South. Da- I was just in South Dakota, by the way. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, yeah, like, this is yeah. So I was seeing like a lot of things that reminded me of of that. Granted, yeah. it was a different area of South Dakota, but South Dakota is not all that diverse. It doesn't in have that many areas. Yeah, um, but masculinity and and kind of what that means and and what you are. If not the thing that you used to be, so Brady goes to this bad head injury, and then he kind yeah. of has to reassess his his whole identity.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's about exactly that. What yeah. do you identify yourself as, and what do you do when that identity is potentially stripped from you? Right. You know, and do you continue at a possible detriment or even loss of life? Yeah. Big fascinating yeah. issues.
0: Yeah, I think I think this movie is very well made. This is like we said, this is the second movie. Um, by this director and and even her first one was in South Dakota. It took place in the same on the same reservation. Whoa. Um I think it's it's something like songs uh from my brothers. I, I wish I had written it down.
1: Isn't it like the song of my brother's people or something mm, like that? It's not quite that. That sounds that. really but familiar. It is it's
0: right along those lines. Okay. Um, and I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but I know that it also kind of used non-actors to portray a true story, which is always a very interesting approach, I think, because oftentimes people who are not actors cannot act and I think it's a delicate balance because you're not always asking them to act like in this scenario, you're asking them to relive these memories to be and oh Yeah. And oftentimes kind of traumatic memories. We'll get into uh Lane Scott's character a little bit later. It's a friend of Brady's who, who was also injured um, and has, has sort of had a, a much worse um, quality of life than Brady has and um, is in physical therapy and always dreams of getting back on, Kind of the bull and writing yeah. again. And there's some really beautiful scenes. I think this movie is beautifully shot. Um, yeah. We were talking on on the break a little bit about some Terrence Malick films, and I'm not the first one to make this comparison. If you've read anything about this movie online, there's a lot of comparisons between this film and a lot of Terrence Malick's film, The cinematographer of this film is named Joshua James Richards, and for anybody that maybe hasn't seen many of Terrence Malick's films, they're uh, they're very personal. The way that they're shot—it's very up close. There's these huge, sweeping scores and songs that incorporate. And it feels a lot like this. It's a very ethereal movie. It's grounded in its story, even literally like it's a real story of real people. But, and it's—it's—it transcends them as well. It's a—it's a very beautifully shot movie. I love it. There's great. There's these great long shots throughout the plains of the the Badlands of South Dakota. It's—I mean—it's wonderful to look at. And I think I think um, most of the acting or being, as you said, is very good. There's a couple spots that didn't work for me, but overall, I think this is great.
1: You know, as a movie, you try and portray a story with actors, or, you know, just people, about a thing, and if you're making a movie that is to provoke thought, you want to have that transcendence, right? The goal is to make people think more. Um, But it's, it's really impressive to see a movie with the people that lived through the stuff, like being that, like, this is what it's about. It's about them feeling like this and you know what they're feeling, like you know why the main character is feeling that, but it still transcends and it still goes bigger, Um, you know? And it's not really talked about, but there are all those much larger struggles, like you said, the masculinity and the identity and uh, a ton of existential, you know, just angst and terror. And it's all encapsulated into such simple, in this situation, problems and, you know, simple, not necessarily simple, but like a blunt plot, yeah, we would sure. say. Yeah, I, I think this movie is
0: certainly maybe less plot driven. I don't I don't want to say there's not a plot, but, yeah. but it's another one of those, like this could have, you could have told me this was an A24 release mm-hmm. movie. And I would have believed it because A24 has this tendency just to show you films that are just these honest portrayals of snapshots of people's lives yeah
1: but my point to that was how it's so much more impressive that that it became that meta and that big of a movie without actors isn't that weird it's it's amazing that this was like half documentary half drama yeah you know i mean obviously it it kind of makes sense now that i say it out loud because the people that went through it should be able to be thought-provoking and like like the the trauma and the, the confusion and stuff was so much more apparent because like you said earlier, it wasn't as much acting right. as an actor, as someone who had never ridden a horse. You sure. sure. Yeah. We'll get into that too. Yeah. But I
0: think at the same time, like it can be very risky to ask these people to, well, a, to go through these emotions again, um, in a convincing way. Yeah. Actually, I think that's the only point it's, it's to try to recreate these moments that are, that are not trained. They're not. Scripted. I mean, the script for this film was 65 pages long. Oh wow. And which is very short. That's it. Yeah. And because a lot of these are are, are non-dialogue scenes of these big like horse training scenes or riding scenes or or even some footage from other online videos that are real where you see the the actors and the, the people. I don't want to say actors, I guess, the people living these moments. Um so to get them to like there's um I, I don't know, to get them to recreate these moments, especially especially Brady, mm-hmm. to try to convincingly capture the the emotions he felt, or at least the emotions that Zhao wants him
1: to portray. I think it would be so hard, especially with his background, to tap back into those. Right. That's got to be a monumental feat. Like, that kid has to be so just strong of character yeah. to be able to let himself go back into those dark places. Yeah, I mean, there's,
0: there's these heartbreaking scenes between him and, and his friend Lane Scott. And Lane Scott, like we said earlier, used to ride injured now now he can barely he can't speak he can't speak he's got a really bad shake and he his whole like he communicates in the in the film with um sign language sign language he spells out words on his hand yeah um and 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 once once a month or so at least i read in an interview brady goes back and tries to visit him at his hospital and they put him up on a saddle not on a horse just on a saddle and brady holds the reins and they recreate these moments of what it used to be like the glory he used to have in riding, and it's not hard to draw the comparisons between Like us just saying, wow, like to, to the main character to like you were lucky. This is what could have happened to you, but still there's this drive to get back on the horse, even though your doctors and your family, everybody's saying, don't do it. You could die. Yeah. Um, and even when presented with, with Lane, he's still trying to do it. And it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing about the human spirit. I think I thought,
1: yeah, it does, man. I thought it was fascinating in those scenes because, you can kind of tell on the main character's face how he's torn, because Lane's always saying, "I'm gonna get back on the horse." Yeah, like never give up on and your he dreams. Said, yeah, and like the he says, the very first time they interact, Lane asks him, "How's his head?" Yeah, because we should mention that our main character got his head stepped on by a horse that's true that's a huge factor in this movie or something no it was stepped on in the video you show he got went under gotcha and he got his head stepped on and it crushed his skull right and he had to have surgery and has a plate in it big old scar on the side of his head that was stapled shut right um but the first thing lane says to him is rub some dirt on it Mm -hmm. like you're gonna ride again and you know you could see the struggle in in his eyes of I want to ride again. I don't want to die. In Lane's eyes or Brady's? In Brady's eyes. Because like he wants to ride again. like And to not, you could tell it was never vocalized, but it would almost feel like a betrayal to his friend. Yeah. Because if his friend could stand up and could, even if it might kill him, he probably still would because it's the only thing keeping him alive. Yeah. You know, that's his only motivation. It seems like he just wants to get better so he can ride again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first seed planted of this kind of masculinity theme too. Yeah. Um, it is like this kind of cowboy spirit and the, and the culture is like, all right, you know, shake it off. You're going to be fine. You ride through the pain. Yeah. That they talked about that, uh, him and his group of friends that's around the campfire. to, be, to get to uh, That's a very power. And it's again, beautiful. Like it's these four friends. They have this, they just go out in the way they think they're drinking. They just start a fire and they're just sitting around and they start sharing stories about kind of their, their, their big injuries. Right. And, um, again, they like lane at this point has, he's sort of a figure in the, in the, in the scene there he's uh he's very well renowned and
1: this was before
0: we met lane too correct so So they're talking about this character and who we know is like had to go to some sort of rehab but at this point i thought it was maybe like a like drugs or something yeah they didn't specify no um so you're talking about him and then and then we go into the kind of their their war stories their injuries and even knowing what we find out later about lane's condition the fact that these four men are still kind of idolizing their um and I shouldn't say men. I'm gonna say boys. Yeah, because yeah, they're very like, young men, twenty ish. Yeah, maybe young men. Um, they're still kind of like, oh man, like it's like comparing scars, kind of. Except these scars could have been your death. Mm-hmm. And and it's just this idea of like, all right, shake it off, ride through it, it's gonna be fine. Um, and I think like that's a theme that keeps coming back throughout the movie, whether it's with people's injuries or horses injuries, and what that means for the fate of the people and the horses. I'd love to get into that, maybe in the danger zone, but yeah. Uh, very powerful stuff. That was a fantastic scene.
1: Yeah. And it really captures so much of that masculinity that's still prevalent in that culture. I mean, that's just ingrained. That's who those people are. That's how they are with their kids. Like I've, you know, I think we've probably both been around people that work on farms and stuff like that. Like, and I've been around rodeo a lot. Like when I was younger, I was at a ton of rodeos and yeah, those people are very serious about what they do. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a different kind of human that has that grit.
0: Yeah. And I think, so I wanted to circle back around to this. Chloe Zhao, the director, I think deals with this in a very, very nice way. Um, Sean Baker is the director of the Florida project, which came out earlier in 2018 uh, with Willem Dafoe and several other kind of not popular actors. And I think it's a really bold move to do that because you're not seeing the actor, you're seeing the character, you're seeing the person that they're portraying. And, in the Florida project, you're dealing with a lot of impoverished people in some cases, prostitutes. And it's easy as a director or even as an audience to look at those people and say, we're better than them. Mm. And I think what this movie and the Florida project do very well is shine a spotlight on not, I don't want to say marginalized, but people that we wouldn't normally focus on in this case, people that live on an Indian reservation in middle America. Yeah. And instead of giving it the tone of, we are so much more sophisticated than these rednecks you, you really she humanizes them and we understand what they're living through and it's 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 living through these experiences with the people that already live them it's it's an amazing i think that's it's fantastic for that reason
1: yeah this movie was ridiculously impressive and just learning that about the characters that are betraying themselves right it's such a, a mind-blower can we just like back it up to the very beginning and just kind of describe their home life. We haven't even talked about his sister. No, that's she's right. so important to me in this movie because she is such a testament to her brother's character.
0: Yes. I agree. Just how
1: he takes care of her. So
0: he, so he lives with his father and his sister. Yep. Um, their his mother has passed away or is gone when it's not passed clear. away. Okay. No, yeah. That's oh, what it? that scene at the cemetery. Oh, you're that right. Was Sorry. His mom. Um, but yeah, his sister has either autism or Asperger's or some combination. She, um, I wouldn't say high functioning, but she functions on a hum on like a survival level, but not so much socially. Yeah,
1: almost maybe a little downsy. I don't know though. I I don't know enough about it to to pick what kind of issues she has. Yeah, but you guys get the idea.
0: But the difference is between her and his father. His father, um, at first, like he's sort of. The worst, right? He's uh, sort of the overbearing and over over dust your boots off kid. He's the kind dad of guy. you're imagining yeah. in this. Like, movie. well, I told you not to go. Told you not to go riding the radio. You're gonna get hurt anyways. And um, his, I think his character develops a bit over the course of the movie. But his sister is sort of the polar opposite. She has kind of she's this, so sweet, this naivete, and and is always positive. Yeah, she's so nice. Yeah, she's so sweet. Um, but but it's clearly not an easy home life. Yeah. Um, and and I imagine maybe we'll talk about it more as as we get into the danger zone with his father developing. But, but this idea that his son is going to try to do this thing that will likely eventually get him injured or worse, Mm -hmm. um, is, is probably hard to deal with. Yeah. And it's interesting how that manifests in different cultures and, and stereotypically people that are not great at communicating those feelings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think, um, no, I, I, never mind. I don't want to say this either. I'm going to save that till the day. I have a lot to say in the dangers
1: on this week. Good, Cause I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's some spoilery stuff with like your favorite scenes and whatnot, but yeah, my point was that, uh, what, what's his name? Blaine Blake. Mm-hmm. Main yeah. character. No. Brady. Brady. Why can't I remember that? I, I keep nobody, going towards Blaine too. Nobody said their names no, really. Not really. Um, his sister did a lot. Brady. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, But it was just a testament in the the movie and probably in real life because it's his sister. Right. Like, you can't fake that kind of patience and love and, like, knowing that that's his actual sister, like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Because he has such a genuine, unconditional love for this person because she needs so much more than a normal person. And she's different. And the way that he is with her, I'm happy that they're related because if there weren't that kid like if these were just actors that dude's a scary good actor and you need to mm. give him an oscar immediately Too good. right you know what exactly. i
0: mean like and that goes we'll talk maybe more about the the horse stuff yeah he's a fantastic horse rider oh yeah and neither of us went into this film knowing that these were the characters or that these were the people portraying no, the characters Right.
1: that scene now is probably my favorite in the whole movie
0: and we haven't really clarified what that is but maybe we save that as well should we i think i think so Okay. Um, but there is one more thing I wanted to say. And if I could remember it, I would uh, really love that.
1: But maybe. I, f- I feel like I could talk about this movie for a really long time. Yeah. We should touch on maybe like, is there any favorite scenes or anything else you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. I mean, the big one for me is that is that horse training scene where yeah. he trains his horse. I think Apollo. that was. Oof. It's, it's very good. Yeah. I, I guess I want to say, uh, kind of along the lines you were saying about the connection between he and his sister, there's a similar connection between he and, and Lane Scott. Mm-hmm. yeah um there's a bunch of scenes where he visits him in the hospital and things like that where they put him on a saddle and there's one scene in particular and i don't want to give too much away so you can tell me if you think you know what i'm talking about but there's one point where he's, he's telling him again like put your, bring your head up get your head up sit up tall that sort of thing yeah and for a minute their lane's not doing that yeah and you can see a reaction um in brady's eyes and it's almost like it's it's hitting him like what if he can't get up? What if I could never get up?
1: Or what and what if you lose that drive? Exactly. What if you have nothing left and except your drive, yeah. and then it fails you?
0: And that's a hard thing to fake. So it was a mo- there was moments like that that the film was like, is that real? like who is this actor? Well, I haven't ever seen this actor before. Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you the credits roll and you and see like oh they've changed their last name, but that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no, totally that scene and that reaction was so organic. Like that might not have been written, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, with Lane's condition, how he is, like, how he's just kind of doing his thing. Yeah. You know you what's know interesting
0: what I mean? is I read this interview. Uh, the the rub some dirt in it when Lane signs that to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Lane. <laughs> that was not scripted. He he thought of that and did it. That's amazing. Which makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a sense of humor about it.
1: I can't say enough how much I recommend this movie. It's I I
0: think it's artistic. It's got vision. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing than I've seen before.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this is like one of those artistic movies that has vision and direction and tells this amazing story, Yeah, but it's not one of those art house films. That's so intimidating. You can't figure it out. Right. You can't just watch it. I think this would be a great movie for anybody that loves Moana. Dude, to watch what do you mean i just like i was just watching it last night okay but it's like and anybody that just likes movies could watch this movie and get something out of. oh it. i see okay sure it's it's it's, kind it's approachable of, it's approachable this yeah. would be a great intro to like getting into more art films
0: yeah i think movies at their best can can tell a story that can be uh maybe interpreted or felt on a deeper human level between anybody, yeah, you can show this to anybody, and and if they have the patience, because it's not necessarily obviously, it's not um, like an Avengers movie where there's explosions and things to keep your attention. But if you have the patience to watch something like this, I think I think it can make, and I don't think I'm exaggerating here. I think it can make you a better person.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: to open your your brain and your eyes to these new experiences, and to understand other people's carving, perspectives. Carving
1: new pathways, man.
0: Just yeah. learning
1: more about people that you would never interact with.
0: Yeah, I think Chloe Zhao for that reason is a very important director. She's, by the way, uh, you might have been thinking she's a Midwestern woman who knows she's not. She's none of this. This is not her scene. She's she's a Chinese-born, pretty young director. Hmm. Um, so the fact like that shouldn't be understated either. The fact that is, is able to get such a handle
1: on this story is amazing wow. to me yeah let's go ahead and put a pin in her career yeah <laughs> like yeah for real yeah my goodness and i want to watch her last movie too yeah i think we should yeah we should figure out what that was called too yeah and we'll sure shout it out break. in the danger zone
0: yeah i think i like where you're going should we take a break come back with another beer and maybe spoil some stuff don't we usually rate the movie in this section yeah we do yeah sorry I you're the one that's all about I know. I, you're thank you for calling me. Yeah. i already wrote mine down so this I is I a
1: 9.5 nice dude this is yeah it's all I'm gonna say about this movie is I watch hundreds of movies yeah. every year. So many of them I will forget. I'll never forget this movie. I can yeah. pretty much guarantee it. Um and if that's not a resounding endorsement and the only review that I want to leave, well then I don't know what is. Yeah. But that's all I'm gonna say about this movie. I'm gonna give it a nine. Um,
0: I I mentioned some of the acting, and again, it's so hard to critique this on acting because they're not really actors. Yeah, you can detract
1: um, a little because the dad is just. Yes, it's not bad acting. It's just, it's just a, he's so gruff. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and I think to some extent, the
0: the crossover of documentary and drama, like the melding of of fiction and reality, was not as smooth because of moments like that. Um. So I don't want to give it a 10, but I am going to give it a 9, which is an incredibly strong rating. And I, again, with you, highly recommend anybody to see this. It's it's very good. It's out on DVD now. You can find it if you're
1: in Chico at All the Best. It is 6 bucks to rent in HD on Amazon Prime.
0: There you go. Again, this is called The Writer, R-I-D-E-R. You should absolutely check it out. When we come back from this break, we're going to cover a second and final beer, and we're going to spoil a few things. So if you want to wait to see the movie, pause this podcast, come back once you've seen it. And we'll see you then. Fair to say very minimal
1: spoilers for this movie, though. I think so. So I think you'd be fine either way. But uh, either way, go watch it. We'll be right back. If you have a hankering for a delicious meal and an ice cold draft beer, you should go down and check out the handlebar.
0: You absolutely should. That's a craft beer bar and restaurant here in Chico. Longtime supporters of this podcast They have great beer, great food, and most importantly, a happy hour, seven days a week from two to six. Johnny,
1: what is the big deal with their happy hour? Every single day from two to six, you get $1 off any craft beer. So you save a little bit of money, get yourself a great meal, a delicious ice-cold beer, check out their patio. Dogs are welcome. They're all ages now, up until 10, too, so you can bring the whole family. That's right. That's the
0: handlebar here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Get down there, grab a beer. Hey, Danger Zone happening. Hey, Danger Zone friends. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around. It's the
1: circle of danger. Welcome to it. Welcome again to the Danger Zone. It's the circle of danger. I'm just going to keep saying it. (laughs) Uh,
0: Again, spoiler alerts. Again. Again. uh, For the rest of the rider, we won't get there yet because we're going to talk about our second and final beer. Johnny, you also provided this, but it's from a brewery that I quite enjoy called Prairie Artisan Ales. What are we drinking,
1: dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Twist from Prairie. We are continuing a journey that started mm, a month ago. Maybe episode 87? Somewhere in there. Something you know, like that. is that specifically the answer? I can find out. I don't know. You just sounded ready with that. What like, is the journey? Anyway, the journey is drinking beers that we might not like or that we haven't liked in the past. Very, very specifically, the beers that we've been drinking are farmhouse sales and saisons of different varieties so, yes, we are continuing down that path with Twist, which is a dry hopped farmhouse ale with citra hops, burp, and a twist of citrus. You can really taste the burp yeah. in the afterbirth of this mm-hmm. beer. That's, That's right. Good. So much vacuum. Now, let me preface oh, nice. this
0: by saying... Oh, my God. So many callbacks <laughs> happening. Okay, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this beer clocks in at 5.8%, comes in a 12-ounce can, got it at uh, S&S Produce, still under 4 bucks. So, yeah. Right in there, just so you know.
0: Just to clarify, it was episode eighty-six. We did in Gongwe. It was a hoppy uh Saison.
1: Oh, believe. from the brewery. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that one had like lemongrass and correct all kinds of cool stuff. And honey? Yeah. It was like it lemon- had the wildflower honey. It was lemon balm and honey. Yeah. Remember it was wildflower though. We're like yeah, right, where to right, wildflower right, right. honey, wildflowers. Crazy, and, crazy. And then we did ground loop um from Stillwater, I think. And second uh yeah. Two, two doors. Two roads, two roads. Three roads. It was two roads. Two roads. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun collab. That tart Saison. So, yeah, we're following those two up. We're just trying to expand our palettes. I think it's fun for everyone. If you're listening, you should try it. It's fun to get outside the norm of beers you would normally drink. Try a style you don't like a bunch of times. Find one that you like and drink more beers that are similar to it and expand your palate and your mind. Agreed, yeah. So this is our third time.
0: Uh, Johnny and I both don't really love Saison's most of the time. So we decided back in episode 86 that maybe the key is to go for like the hoppy saisons as our kind of gateway yeah zone. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think on your first drink, dude? Dude, it's really good. Perfect. I love I, it. I'm I love very, where this is going.
1: Yeah. I'm very surprised.
0: That said, prairie Often makes delicious things. I
1: haven't had a lot of bad beers from Perry. No,
0: and no. so Perry, if you if it sounds familiar but you're not quite sure, they they're most famous, I think, is fair to say for bomb. their for their Bomb series or just their Bomb, but they do variants on that. Yeah, and it's a terrific beer. Oh yeah, um, uh,
1: their base beer Bomb has uh, chocolate, coffee, and Ancho chilies. chilies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got a little kick, a little it's very you know, smooth. It's good. They've done their Christmas bomb, which has a ton of spice. Birthday bomb has a ton of vanilla, so on and so forth. Pirate bombs with rum. It's great. Eh, look into it. Try it out. You can figure it out for yourself. Buy one that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I haven't dipped a lot into their IPAs and their Saisons. Do, I've had a bunch of their Sours. Do they have IPAs? Yeah, I've, they make a few IPAs okay. actually. I'll grab you one next time I see one. Um, this beer is surprisingly refreshing. It's yes. Like wow,
0: right? That's um wow, that's interesting. So so real carbonated off the top. Very, very bubbly. But pretty floral as well. A little bit of hoppiness coming. Um, definitely lots of like lemony, citrus kind of spring, mm-hmm. spring flavors yeah. I
1: think of. It's just it's flourishing in that's, my mouth. That's
0: good, man. Uh, wow. You do get a little bit more like of the three kind of Saison, hoppy Saisons that we've done. This is definitely the most Saison-y, I that, think. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of that yeast kind of finish.
1: It definitely finishes that yeast finish, like Mm -hmm. you said, Uh, but it's not overbearing. It doesn't kill the beer for me.
0: No, it's, it's good. I think it's subtle, which surprised me. I was definitely going to expect, or I was expecting more of a, more of like a hot punch and then kind of a rounded finish, but this is kind of mellow the whole way through.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's uh, a helpful characteristic of the old citra hop that is featured prominently in both of our beers tonight. Yeah. That was the theme. Uh, on accident yes i did not know that until right now
0: um i'm be curious i'm gonna look at this can real quick to see if there's a, a canning date not that it really affects uh this style too much to my knowledge but i don't see one anyways but um, you know, Prairie's canning line is relatively new too. For a long time they were just doing bottles, and I think it was last, it actually might have been last April, April 2017 or so that they got a canning line and they started making this beer. They did some of their darker stouts, like Prairie Paradise was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've even seen a bomb canned, but don't quote me, because maybe I haven't. I don't know. Um, in any case, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the benefits to the can is that certain styles hold up a little bit better over time. Um what do you, I don't know, man. Do you do you like this beer? I like it a lot. Okay.
1: I like it more than I thought I was gonna. Uh yeah, just like the last several right beers that we've tried of this varietà. No, I am uh, pleasantly surprised by this beer. I really like the that crisp citrus finish. It really adds a nice pinch at the end that really ties the room together, man.
0: Touche. I get um like After drinking this down a little bit Got a little bit of room in the in the glass to smell This is one of the most aromatic beers I've smelled in a while I mean you get so much of the hop up front On your nose And I think you smell more than you taste And maybe that's just me But I definitely smell more of the hoppiness And it, it is there when you drink it But it's a lot of, of more of the lemony qualities mm-hmm. and, and the Saison the kind of farmhouse When you drink it and I think it settles well mm-hmm. as you're drinking it, but I don't. I don't love this beer. I think it's. I think it's, for my own taste, good. Yeah, yeah, just good. I like this beer.
1: I would definitely buy this again and drink it by myself.
0: All right. What is uh? Since you brought that up, where can people buy it, and how much does it cost? I said that at the beginning. Did of you really this say that? Segment.
1: Is that true? hundred percent. what did you say? I said, it's also available at SNS for under four bucks. Oh, I
0: did. I guess I missed that. Maybe That's I was looking for the date or something. That's fine. Okay. That's great news. You and my wife, neither you listen to me when Hey-o. I speak. Well, maybe say, I was going to try to insult you, but you've done nothing to deserve an insult. So I apologize. <laughs> apologize for not listening. Uh, That's okay. Funny. SNS proto here in yeah. Chico. Uh, it might be around other places. Again. Uh, I think Prairie has distribution in 25 States. So there's a good chance, especially if you live near Oklahoma, that you can find this pretty readily available.
1: Yeah, I like this beer a lot, man. It um it's a little bit sweeter than I anticipated, too. Yeah, there's almost like a honey kind of quality to it, yeah? I was thinking that. Yeah. But I couldn't put, put my finger on it. It was right. either honey or just some like residual something. I don't mm-hmm. know if the yeast was mellowing it out and creating a nice round, smooth, sweet middle before it finishes that kind of dry with a little yeast. Sure. No, dude, this beer's good. Uh, it's very surprising just cuz i'm not used to enjoying the style Yeah, um, but i think i should just stop saying that yeah at I this mean, point
0: I'm, we're still kind of in the neighborhood of hoppy saisons quote yeah. unquote so so a straightforward farmhouse for saison will still be i think for for my own palate a little bit jarring yeah um but i'm i'm certainly open to trying more stuff now that i've had this kind of baby step into the style
1: i like tart saisons yeah like that's a great great intro yeah but this is definitely the closest to a traditional i think we've come yeah i agree so and
0: it's it's good man do you have a rating for yeah, this I'm,
1: I'm giving this beer an eight.
0: Oh, nice that's a very high rating yeah. i'm gonna give it a, a six five do you want to do do you want to elaborate any
1: more on why uh why did i give it an eight yeah um Because simply for the fact that I would go out and buy it and drink it by myself, I would definitely pour this into a a glass and let it breathe a little and, and enjoy it by myself. I wouldn't need to split this with another person, and it is, in fact, maybe one of the more enjoyable of this style that I've ever had. Like I can't remember yeah. drinking a lot of these and thinking, "Hey, I, I would definitely go buy that." Right? I know that 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 ground loop was one that I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, well, this is mm-hmm. good" because it was just tart enough. Yeah. Uh, but this beer really stands on its own without relying on being tart to carry it. I love the hop presence. I love the subtle introduction of citrus at the back of my palate, uh, and I really like the way it sits in your mouth after you have finished it. It has like a a subtly sweet with yeast notes and a little bit of citrus. Uh, it's very nice. It's kinda like sipping some fresh squeezed juice in yeah. the aftertaste. Yeah, or like a uh what is like a sparkling
0: water? Uh like a lacroix. Like a lacroix. Yeah. yeah. Um all right, so an eight for you. I'm gonna go six point five because it is good. I'm gonna drink the rest of it. Do it, man. So, yeah, it, that's so. all you. Um that should be like a standing rule. Whoever rates I think I've said that before. Whoever rates it higher gets to finish it.
1: I'll just be rating everything's tens. Uh, yeah, tens all wanna, across. I won't get drunk
0: um no it's good man i just don't love it personally i i would like a little bit more hoppiness on the flavor um and maybe maybe that's just because i'm offset by how hoppy it is on the nose but it's it's mostly saison when i drink it
1: i think the hops are there man
0: i think they're there as well but they're just understated compared to the rest of it and and that's fine because i'm sure that's what they're going for so again this is just our personal taste but i
1: feel like Citrus is not really like when you think about the pseudo sue i mean it was a present no, dude, that for, I mean, for no, me, like it was right present, front. but it wasn't like overbearing. It wasn't like a super strong. Do you
0: mean the, specifically the citrus taste or the hop? The citrus okay. taste. Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not as versed on, but like the, there's only a couple hops that I can pick out of beers like mosaics, yeah. one of them. And that's maybe it.
1: Um, I don't know. I just said, like, it seemed like a mellow hop. Like that, yeah. in, the, right. in the, in the pseudo Sue, it didn't have like the crazy bite. It's you true. I mean? It was very drinkable, very yeah. smooth, blended well in. I could see that hop blending well with this beer and still being there just not being predominant
0: yeah I could see that too so uh that said I'm still gonna stick with it 6.5 for me again this we're, this is uh, this is twist from Prairie out of Tulsa Oklahoma you can find it uh definitely at SNS for about four bucks or less yeah and probably other places in Chico pretty, or maybe wherever
1: you're living pretty sure a lot of places around town have it
0: I'm always curious about distribution so if you are hearing this not in our hometown and maybe you're in a different state even let us know where you are if you found this beer or just let us know where you are to listen to this podcast it's always fun to find that we have people uh that we didn't know about listening from somewhere that we've maybe never been which is
1: that's that's great i think young maxwell if they buy this beer and drink along with it where can they get a hold of us to let us know what they thought
0: again let us know on all the social media We're, we're trying to be really young and proactive about this we're on young you know we're trying That's to right. cuz i feel like like social media is even kind of taken a second generation away from like even a step from us right like yeah. there's there's other social media's like I, are you on snapchat no I'm not
1: either. I've gone back to um, just communicating with homing pigeons. There you go. So if you try this beer, drop me a pitch. Sure. <laughs> just give it that page, bro. <laughs> just drop me a pitch, and uh, yeah. we'll compare tiny foot scrolls.
0: No, but we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can find us in all those spots. Um, you can send us photos or videos. If you wanted to send us a voice recording of just your mouth smacking as you're drinking this beer, that'd be fine.
1: If you do that, I won't share it. Yeah, but we're not going to put
0: that on the podcast because it's one of the worst sounds we could ever put in your ears. Yeah. But
1: If you send us pictures, of you drinking this beer and let us know what you think i will 100 share it on our social media
0: yeah and just in case it's not clear we just like to hear from you in general so let us know what you're drinking this week or what you want to drink or what you're watching and i think on that note we might we might move on from twist and go back to the rider yes get let's, some final thoughts let's take a sharp twist to the left back to our horse movie best transition in a while you're welcome so i want to say first of all again this is a true story but obviously not all of it is true some things have to be dramatized sure for the film so i watched this q a that was a bonus feature on the dvd that i rented and it was a panel it was a it was a it was a panel at uh it was like a screening i think they had i don't know where it was but afterwards they had brady come up um i think the editor whose name is escaping me somebody else who i didn't recognize and the director come on stage and just the crowd was able to ask him questions. And um, one of the questions was how much of this was true and how much of it was made for the movie. And he said, Brady did. It was about 60, 40, I think is what he said. Wow. So I'm just going to lighten the mood with one thing. His mother is not dead. (laughs) That's good. Yes. So in real, I think the audience even clapped. He was like, all right, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I want to say that also, like there's a couple other moments, like there's a scene in the grocery store too, where um, some people recognize him. I want to take a photo that didn't happen, but it, it's a nice touch. Okay, so I just want to throw that out. I wrote that down in my note. I felt like it was worth saying. It's a spoiler, so it has been spoiled.
1: That's good to know, though. Yeah, that's good. It's like the most unrealistic parts were kind of chopped out.
0: Minus getting kicked in the head of the, or kicked in the head by a horse.
1: That's pretty realistic in guess his line of life. That's true. So, yeah. like, of ways that I'm gonna die, and ways that somebody that does that might die you're right yeah but the odds yes much you're higher get <laughs> in, in his favor if i die by getting kicked in the head by a horse yeah someone is winning a bet that is worth a lot of money fair because the odds on that very slim
0: let's talk about the opposite let's talk about uh shooting a horse in the head Oof. That, so, so there's that scene, and now we should talk about that scene. There's this beautiful scene of him green breaking this horse. It's but you never can't been just
1: ridden. say let's talk about shooting a head in the horse and uh, a horse in the yeah. head, and then just move
0: on. No, I'm gonna. I, I need to jump back. There's this horse named Apollo. <sighs> it just right? Just went dark, man. He he buys it from from his father's friend, and uh, he's like it's never been ridden. It's been a really problematic horse, essentially. And
1: if you're going to tell the story about Apollo as the the horse from that long scene, that's a different horse. Is that true? That wasn't Apollo. Are you sure? Yep. He broke Apollo later in the movie and it was a completely different breaking scene. Is that right? The movie, the, yeah, where the long cut scene that where you want yeah, to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. right now it was he, the, the dude, the older Native American dude yeah. hired him to break that horse.
0: Oh, shoot. Okay, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. that dude is like, this is a, a breed of, it's a thoroughbred, it's a... There's Arabian other, and Arabian. um polka and like um, all sorts of names. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Different horse sense. Yes.
1: But I'm gonna lead you into this little Brady is hired. He's very well known yeah. for being miraculous even at training horses. Yeah. So there's this one scene in the movie that really exemplifies this, and Max is gonna tell you about it right now. Yeah, so I want to actually start with a quote from Rogereber.com.
0: And it's on this scene. It's a it's a I'll just read it first. It says reportedly this just happened during the filming. They were at a ranch where there was this wild horse and Brady offered to tame him. Again, this is not scripted at this point. This is Brady just living on this reservation. And, and, um, Chloe Zhao was there with the camera crew and, uh, she let the camera roll for two 40 minute takes. It was cut together in about 20 shots. run, I think it runs like a minute 45 in the movie. Um, and the sequence shows the whole process from the horse kicking and bucking and rearing back to the point where he lets Brady actually pat him and get on him, ride and then slide off again. And then it says, quote, not only fascinating in itself, the action makes one thing perfectly clear. This guy is no actor, which is the point in the movie, too, where I had that revelation. I'm like, you can't like there's no way this person who I've never seen who was a young kid
1: got so good at training and riding horses for yeah. this role. Can I tell you why it makes me really happy to know that this kid wasn't an actor? Yeah. Because at the beginning of that scene, just watching him interact with this horse, I started crying. It's so... Did you really? I was... There were tears rolling down my cheeks. It's so powerful. Um, As someone who absolutely loves animals, yeah, seeing someone interact with animals in such a genuine and loving and caring way, it really transcends like film and acting. And I'm like, this dude's like really good with animals. And it was touching because he was so genuine and the chemistry he had was with that horse. You could feel it. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I didn't know why I was crying. Yeah. And I was just like, this is such a powerful scene. And to find out that it's just because no, that dude actually connects with was connecting with that animal. And like, In movies, you don't even see connections that good between actors a lot of the time. So it was one of the most powerful scenes that I can remember from a movie in a while that just provoked emotion without a lot of causality. It was just like, here's a thing that's happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's one of those scenes, too, that if we call back to that Terrence Malick kind of stuff, there's there's this huge musical bit that's happening over that. And it's like at the magic hour, it's sunset. Or, you know, it starts a little bit early in the day. It's pretty clear that this is taking some time. And I mean, it's just such a powerful scene. Yeah. It's beautifully shot and it's it's beautifully realized in terms of the acting and the connection between man
1: and beast. The being, man. It's, I mean, it it's It wasn't so the good. acting. There was no acting. <clears throat>
0: right. Yeah. It he was, was just most, doing his thing.
1: Like, how often do you see something on camera that's that touching and it's that genuine. genuine? Yeah. It's, ter- it's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's really something to see. Yeah. Um, I think that's my favorite scene in the movie.
0: It's mine too. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually one other scene that's this really kind of, uh, it's this long kind of tracking shot where he's galloping, almost like gliding on, on I don't know what horse, I guess. That was Gus. Okay, so that we haven't even talked about that, but I don't know that we need to.
1: It's not pivotal. Um, there's horses on the ranch he lives. It's-
0: yeah. Um, that ends up getting sold by his dad to yeah. cover collateral for a trailer, which is when we thought his dad was uh, kind of shitty. Yeah. Which he kind of is. To pay the rent. But shows up at the end. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so there's that long shot where he's galloping down, I don't know, you can see like the entire South Dakota Badlands in the background, and it's like this really long, steady shot, I love it so much.
1: Those are um, so pretty.
0: Yeah, so between those two, those are my top, but I did want to talk about Apollo, this other horse that he yeah. bought from his dad's friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and mostly, I want to talk about kind of the connections, because at one point, Apollo gets uh, like his, his leg wrapped in some barbed wire, messes it up pretty bad, and everybody knows when a horse gets a broken leg you have to shoot it because, well. Like it'll you, never you heal? Like it'll, oh, yeah. it'll heal, but like it still can't be a horse. Like horses just want to go and run and it be the an pasture, And it can't really do it. Um. So there's a scene where he's about to put down his horse. And that's, I mean, that you can see it in his eyes so hard. Yeah. So, and how
1: metaphorical is that scene?
0: And that's what I'm going to get to. So his yeah. dad ends up doing it. And the fact that he can't do it himself and the fact that he is sort of also damaged goods. And he has this conversation later with his sister. And the crux of it is that. Um, you know, because Apollo was a horse. He had to be put down but because I'm a human. I was able to
1: live or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're like, he has to, right. Like they, if I was an animal on this farm that was hurt like that, they'd put me down.
0: Yeah. And it's this idea of like being, being alive past your usefulness. And that kind of gets back to this idea of identity. that We were talking about at the beginning. He is for his whole life, just been a rodeo cowboy. He rides horses and now he's being told, no, you can't ride horses. And, like, what does that mean? Like, should and I, and I feel like there's moments where, at least I was thinking, is he contemplating suicide or some yeah. type of self harm? Like he's got guns around, and 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 you gotta wonder.
1: And it was a scene shortly after that. There was that was him flipping it in, in, in the bed. bed. Yeah, right. I was like, oh no, this movie's gonna get dark.
0: Yeah, and and I I think scenes like that throughout the movie, not the bed scene, but but the conversation scene about about what it means to still be alive and who am I kind of thing, is kind of what makes the ending so beautiful. Um. It's, it's this, because he's going to go, he's going to go one more ride. And we get the idea that it's like this crazy horse. It's probably going to kill him. And he decides not to do it yeah. because his family shows up. And it's this idea of like, you, you've died, but you've been reborn in a sense. There's a cycle of kind of at least rebirth and an identity. Yeah. And he, and he has that revelation. I thought that that was a really powerful scene for me. And it's also beautifully shot. It's like right at sunset and he walks to his family. Yep. It's so, I, I don't know, man, I really like this movie a lot.
1: Yeah, I think I want to. Did I say it on the on the show or on the break that watch I want to buy a physical copy oh, of this? That
0: was on the break.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to have this just to let people borrow it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good, man. Yeah, yeah. So I
0: think she, I'm gonna I'm gonna show my fiance the uh, the horse breaking scene. I think she'd really appreciate it. Did Did you guys not watch the whole movie? She, no, I watched it today. She was at work.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You got to watch the whole thing. You
0: watched it yesterday?
1: Yeah, I watched it last night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It was fantastic. And this is the rider. It's uh, it's available on DVD. Or on Amazon, you said for rental, or probably for purchase at this point. Yeah,
1: purchase was like ten or fifteen bucks, and renting was like six. Uh, I'm gonna probably get a physical copy of this. Yeah, it's I mean
0: it's really good.
1: Yeah, it's really really good. Powerful movie, great stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's one of those I've I've made a conscious effort in my life since we've started this podcast to be more conscientious about remembering names of directors, Mm. and this is a prime example of why it's because. As, as good as the people are in this, it's only come to fruition because this director thought this story needs to be told and I can tell it. Yep. And
1: it's fantastic. Oh, she's amazing.
0: Yeah. Chloe Zhao, I guess now's an ironic time to say, I hope that's how it's pronounced, but her last name is Z-H-A-O. And I'm pretty sure it's
1: Zhao or Zhao. Yeah, pre- I, I would say Zhao. Or Zhao, maybe. Especially if Chinese, Zhao.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but keep your eyes open for her because she's doing some good stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah. I want to watch her first movie once we figure out what it's called, too. Yeah, we never looked yeah, that up. Like I said earlier, for sure, put a pin in the footnote or footnote, pin, yeah. whatever. In Keep this. an eye in on her career. Yeah. Don't, not in her. Not in her. Like in, in her career. On her career. Yes. Please, if you saw her. Don't stab her with a pin. No, it's push, very painful. <laughs> no push pins for her. <laughs> um, final thoughts
0: at all. I
1: love this movie. Patriot. I, yeah. I will not forget crying at that scene for no reason How and could then you? finding out. That he was actually training that horse. Yeah. Such a pleasant surprise and such a beautiful scene. It was so good. I don't cry at movies a lot. Mm. And yeah, that scene got me. Yeah. And I didn't know why. And that kind of genuine emotion you cannot replicate. And it's worth seeing the movie for just that scene.
0: Fair. Everything you just said, I agree with, except I do cry pretty often in movies. In the meantime, my name is Max Benardi. My
1: name is Johnny Summers. I am a seven-time bull riding world champion.
0: Wow, my God, I'm a seven-time lassoing
1: champion. This Toge- is amazing. Together, we're <laughs> badass at horses. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.